Welcome to the Imperfectly Perfect Campaign, sharing real-life stories from real people to unite them in global change for the face of mental health. We will also reduce the stigma, creating communication, healing, and awareness to save lives and inspire. Join us weekly as we talk to some of the highly acclaimed faces, influencers, experts, and others who have been through extreme adversity. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the Imperfectly Perfect Podcast. Today's guest, another incredible guest for us, guys. He began his journey into a world of make-believe at a young age, working in film and TV on an array of children's series. And with over two decades of evolution, his credits, including series such as Winners and Losers, Neighbors, and Elephant Princess. A lifetime of positivity and optimism hit a sharp resistance, a polar opposite perspective, and almost lost him all that he had ever known to be. But like the caterpillar, re-emerging to find a true state of possibility and happiness, which leads him to his greatest role yet, a soon-to-be father. Please welcome Damien Bodhi. Glenn, thank you so much for having me on the show. And also, thank you so much for creating this movement. You know, when, when you asked me, we stumbled across each other. And that's what I think is beautiful with this kind of material, is that clearly you have gone through a very similar situation of myself where we had a shift in our life that made us say there's got to be more there's got there's got to be more to what's going on than just on social media and and honestly that we all we all just want to be happy and so many people aren't happy and it's awful and uh and uh i I guess yeah like i i mean i don't want to jump straight into explaining about myself (laughs) but briefly i I could say that you know i i I grew up very optimistic growing up i think that's why i found the industry yeah you know i I mean with with you and your photography same thing i'm sure when you find a passion and you and and you just like it's like your fire and you feel so uh, alive and electric and that's what acting was to me yeah i discovered it at a really young age, I hassled my parents to get into it. And as soon as I was on set, I was like in my happy place. And so much so it had got to a point where I even knew and I would say to people, um, even my girlfriend who had never really seen me on set because she's a nurse and, you know, we'd sort of met off that kind of like world. I was like, I'm my happiest when I'm on set. Like you wouldn't imagine on how happy I am. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Wayne Dyer has a saying, which is, if you are what you do, then when you don't, you aren't. And the hard thing was, is when, as an actor, when you're not acting or you're not on set, you think, well, what am I giving? What purpose am I? I'm useless, maybe. And then, of course, you start to go down the vicious cycle. And this is what happened to me a couple of years ago where I started to lose that optimism. Mm-hmm. Because we all get into the industry because we're optimistic. We, we, you know, I'm not sure what it was for photography for you. Was it, was it when you first picked up a camera? But for me, it was like that, that first getting on set, getting to play, being creative with multiple people, um, getting to meet interesting people. Also, just even, and especially the thing of uh, people giving you praise over something that you enjoy doing, you know, especially like for your work or in acting, you know, we're very lucky that people see it. And so it's, it's either that first time you do a play and that audience applauds and then your parents see you afterwards and you feel really good. It's addictive. Um, and then, so I, I guess my, my turn came when I started to doubt everything and I became very pessimistic Mm -hmm. and I think I blame a lot of, uh, you know, the hardest thing was I can't blame anybody. I can't blame my parents because they were supportive. I had so many supportive friends around me. 
you know, I, my agents believed in me and, and what's, who didn't believe in me, me, you know, and, and I know that it wasn't even me. It's sort of, I, I do believe everything is energy, whether it's audio, visual, like, like what is, what is sound waves? Like you can't see them, but they exist. What is AM, FM radio? What is Wi-Fi? What is Bluetooth? You know, these things like, like transistor radio, these things we don't see, but they exist. And for me, I just fell on a frequency that pulled me down an awful spiral of self doubt so much so that it got to the point where I was, that's it. I've got to get out of this otherwise. And at the same time, it's no coincidence. Yeah. I almost lost my wife, my, well, my now wife, but I almost lost the woman of my dreams because I was doubting what I was doing. I almost gave up on an incredible opportunity in America because I was, I had a green card and I was going over there to chase acting. And I was like, what am I doing? I'm throwing away money and I'm getting depressed. And, um, I wasn't seeing my friends and family. Like I almost literally let go of my career, my love, uh, everything that I knew that I was going to be. And of course, as soon as you lose that, you think, well, what am I now? I'm useless to the world. And so, it, you know, I, I was very lucky that a couple of books changed my life. One was Eckhart Tolle, uh, A New Earth, which is all about ego. And it's basically the power of what the ego takes over in our minds. And, and also alerted me to this thing of that we're not our thoughts, mm. we're the awareness of our thoughts. So that sort of shifted and another book uh, called Addictions by Russell Brand. I just listened to it because I loved Russell Brand and he was so incredibly hilarious. And I was like, well, whatever. Like, I was like, I'm not addicted to anything. Like, I'll just listen to his funny banter. And I was listening to it because addiction can be anything. It can be, you know, chocolate cake. It can be, you know, sex. It can be, um, you know, like, like, like alcohol. And I started to realize that I was addicted to acting. And that... I likened it to alcohol. Now I do realize that that's chemical and it is really like I, but I'm only doing it for the metaphor purpose here. But I realized that just like going out, but needing a drink to do it, it was just like I needed to be performing. And if I wasn't performing, then, then people wouldn't like me, mm-hmm. you know, and an audition was like having just one drink with a friend, you know, where it's just that, but then it's that, Oh, we, well, we should keep, we should keep doing this. It was this desperation of like, well, this one drink, like we should stay out late. Like, and that's what an audition is. It's almost that, that taste of actually getting a role mm. that you might, you know, and it's like that, I, I, it leads, like, give me more of it. And just like any addiction, whether it be coffee, if, if you feel like you can't function without it, it's a dangerous slope to be in. Yeah. And so, you know, for me, I realized that if I was in this desperate state to need it, then, then I needed to quit it. I needed to let go. I needed to give up. And, and as soon as that did, and as soon as I realized that actually people don't like me because I'm an actor, that's people like me because I'm me, Mm. you know, and and the hard thing, especially for celebrities or, or actors or anybody in the limelight is this question of what do the fans actually want? You know, and it's this weird term followers. I mean, followers is like the worst term I think you can label the yep. social media, like on, on, on Facebook, it's friends, you mm. know, or likes, like if it's a page. So that's like, like, I like you, like, great. That's nice. But followers gives this weird sense of, of leadership, yeah. which, which is nice if it's like, oh, well, I hope to lead by example, of course. But it, it gives you this thing of like, well, what do they want? Well, they just want, 
either my past success. They want those past credits that I've done. Like people only like me because I was once on Neighbours mm -hmm. or people only like me because I was once on Winners and Losers. And there's this quote by uh, Lao Tzu, which, is, um, which was in 500 BC, so two and a half thousand years ago, saying, you know, if you're depressed, you're living in the past. If you're anxious, you're living in the future. Yeah. And if you're present, sorry, and, and if you're peace, at peace, you're living in the presence. And so as soon as I heard that, I was like, wow, that, that is just remarkable that I was either living depressed through my past career or I was anxious about a possible no career, like not even anxious, like a possibly good career yeah. about, oh, no career. What if I never act again? Which is absolutely ridiculous because, you know, I mean, at 35, I hope to live to 120. So I'm sure there's another role for me coming. But the funny thing was, is that as soon as I let go of my need to impress and be an actor, all of a sudden opportunities to act came out of nowhere. It's a question. Because of once again, and it's this idea of like, I really believe, um, there's a quote, I don't know who said it, where it's that, that, that idea of like, a good actor doesn't have something that bad actors uh, don't have. It's that good actors don't have something that bad actors have, which is this resistance of being in their own way, which honestly, like we see in many other things, I think people have this in, in and we see it online, we see it in politics, we see it in the news of, of the term of blame. Yeah. You know, and, and blame of oh, agents or cast, which I can't even believe when, when, when anybody uh, I'm sorry, I'm talking so much here, Glenn, as well. I have not let you get a word in, my apologies. <laughs> but, but I was going to say that for actors as well, like, you know, they're like, oh, you know, my agent doesn't send me out enough or that casting agent never gets me in. Like, I, I now, like, the old me, and then I sort of lost it for a bit, but I'm back, is this concept of an agent or, you know, even like crew, casting are all here for actors. Yeah. It's like a casting agent has given up their life to do a job that is finding like great actors for great productions An agent, the same thing. They are there purely to rep actors. Yeah. So you need to love them. You know what I mean? So it, it's this thing of blame just honestly doesn't work. And if you're only going to, and, 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 and people often too often, and Jim Rohn says this, it's you will blame everybody except the one true cause, which is blaming yourself. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's, and I'm not saying like, cause of course that can put you in a darker state too, to sort of blame yourself for everything you've done, but to take ownership of, of everything that's happened and everything that can happen by putting into your own hands. Um, you know, like Glenn, you know, I, I've, I've looked up your story and for you to do this at a time when the world is in chaos or, or seems to be in chaos, you're a family man. You're a photographer, but you're working construction, but you lost a friend. Yep. And, and I mean, I have been incredibly lucky. And this is another thing that guys, anybody watching, if you haven't lost someone or your parent or enjoy every day that you have them mm -hmm. because you don't know how long you will have them. And it, it's this remarkable thing that's similar where the greatest comedic actor, I believe of all time, Robin Williams, who made everybody feel good no matter what movie he was in. Everybody loves him and yet he, could, he didn't love himself. 
and it it breaks my heart and and to be honest like i felt probably not at that level certainly not but mm -hmm. i just know that too many actors but also people uh, i i just you know are just feeling too too dark right now and and for you to come on and do this campaign and then that you found me and I had, didn't know about you yet, but we are on the same page and I am so appreciative that you would have me here on this podcast. And I, cause you don't need me. You've already got like the biggest stars around the world, like, like chatting and you're, you've got all these articles and every, like you are, you are part of a movement and I'm only here to be part of your movement now. So whatever you need, Glenn, but anyway, I'll let, I just wanted to explain a little bit about my story and how it all went and how I've all sort of like fallen out of it a little bit, but let's what, like, what, whatever, what do you, what can I do for you, Glenn? How can I help? I love it. And you know what, mate, you, you just said it so perfectly there. I mean, you shared your story. Everybody has got a story. And I suppose my background is health and fitness over 25 years running health clubs. I took that opportunity in construction because I saw a way of, I can make X amount of money, work hard, take it to America, take it to the UK, do this because there was something more important than my ego. And the very same day that I happened to scroll on social media and you was doing a live was just the day that your words just hit me there because it was everything that I've learned along my journey. And you're pretty, I don't know you much, I'm getting to know you, but you're, you're animated, you can feel the energy, but I can also sense when you've been through adversity, you kind of become more empathetic and you can feel there's a story and you also pick up on what you said there, frequency and energy. And when you said, you don't need me, there's other, there's a re we're on the same level. There's, there's a, a connection there. And that's what I've come to learn. And I'm like, one of the best things I ever heard was from one of the most successful businessmen who learned it from um, a lady when he went on a retreat. And it was like, which is the quickest way to raise your vibration? The truth. Once you step into your truth, and you own who you are, that's when opportunities come. So I suppose one of the questions that I did want to bring to you, you kind of touched upon it when you was like, as soon as you let it go, opportunities came. Now I have learned that through my journey as well, because I'm so passionate about this. I push things sometimes and I'm like, right, right, right. and then you put blockages on it. So life is a lesson that we're always evolving. But I was going to say to you, did you find that the more addicted you became to acting and the more you were pushing yourself, your abilities, your capabilities and wanting to do stuff, you're pushing it further away as well. Of course. I mean, the, and, and it's, just, it's a wild thing too, which as you mentioned, like when you get that momentum and it's, it's fear of failure, but then it's also fear of success. Mm. You know, it, it's that, it's that concept of, of, you know, it, it's that idea of how will I handle it? And how busy will I get? And will I change? And will my friends uh, support me? You know, because we see it and, and it is hard in our industry too. And I've had friends hit it really big and other mutual friends of them be a little bit jealous. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, they're our friends. Shouldn't we want them? But you know, and, and but you know that like, it, it, it's that thing of, of like, you always sometimes worry if you book a job on telling certain friends, cause you're like, I like, like other friends, you know, you can tell and they will rally behind you and be like, this is like I have friends that they, when they tell me they've booked a job, I cry because I literally am like, it's like me because I'm like, oh, the way you did it. And I, I knew this was going to happen. And, and I'm just so proud of you. And I'm proud of like what we're doing. And, 
your evidence has proven to me that I can do it. And, and it is, it's definitely, the blockage is a hard one. And this is why, and it's so uncanny that you found me in the concept of, I pushed, and this was thanks to like Tony Robbins and Dean Graciosi. They always teach like, like uh, where it's about imperfect action. Yeah. Which is just that concept because I've been a perfectionist my whole entire life. I would never, like I would make something like either, yeah, multiple times I've written, never see, nobody's seen it because I won't even show a close friend because I'll be like, oh, my, my, the way I spell is not great or the grammar and all of that. Or I'll make a clip and not actually upload it. Or I'll, po- I'll write a post and not even send it because I'm like, oh, maybe people won't get it. But the live, the live aspect, and even with this, like talking to you live, this is the old me would have never done this. Yeah. And even that day when you're talking about frequency, it's like, I, d- I didn't know why I went live. And now I know it was, to, it was that we were supposed to connect yeah. for, for this reason. And, and opportunities come out of that. And then you, you make connections. And as soon as you reached out and, and I was like, wow, you, we are, are so, so similar. And it is hard. The hardest thing is to get out of your own way. Yeah. And like ha- how to do it. It's pretty much just when you get the inspiration, just don't stop the follow through. It is so easy to get excited about something and then say, I'll do it tomorrow yeah. or I'll do it later. And, but if you, if you can do it now, some things you can't, but it, if, if it is just call that friend, if it is, you know, maybe I'm going to, I'm going to write to this person or, you know what, I'm going to spend some time on me or, you know what, right now I feel like I need to meditate. I've started to trust my own instincts where it's, it's um, this amazing thing that, that Wayne Dyer sort of compared it to where, where he sort of talks about the idea of if, you know, a prayer is you talking to God or like say a prayer is like a manifestation or talking to the universe. And I'm not trying to get religious here because I know people are very, very sensitive with this sort of stuff, but whether or not even like if I'm going to compare God, it's like God universe or uh, you know, the simulation or yeah. you, right? Whatever it is, your higher power, it doesn't matter. If you're talking to it with through prayer, then intuition is, is the prayer talking back to you. Yeah. So when you're feeling that and, and what I know now more than anything is that when you're feeling good, the answers come. Like, because, because when we're not feeling good, we're probably stuck on the problem. But when we're feeling good, we're open to a solution. Yeah. And the hardest thing, especially, you know, depression is so consuming that it's hard to hear. Like, we all know, like, I know this specifically because it's like this thing of if you want an answer, whether it's good or bad, you call, you probably know the answer that they're going to give you. Mm. So if you like say, Glenn, if you have a great idea for a business, right. Or, or an idea or an opportunity, you could call the friend that will say that's expensive. Listen, I started an app and it just, it didn't pay off. Or, you know what? Like I've got into business with this guy. Like I wouldn't do it. Or, or, there's the friend that says, I wish I thought of it. Yeah. Like, how can I help? What can I do? And, and that's the difference in life. It's like, we actually already know the answer we're going to get. Like I've been very blessed because my mum, and I only just realized this recently, whenever I call her and I have a question, she pretty much just gets me to answer it myself. <laughs> and if I answer, I'm like, Oh, I don't think I should be doing this. She's like, yeah, I think you're right. 
Or if I'm like, yeah, I think I should be doing this. She's like, yeah, well, I think that's a great idea. Like she would only ever accentuate whatever I was feeling. And so it is so important to surround yourself with those people. And, and, and whether it's, it's just like we are now, like us can, you know, converting now and, or friends when it's like you, you have those positive friends and I'm not saying like cut out all the negative friends, yeah. but you, you know what you can talk to about them because yeah. there's other things I want to talk about. They might want to talk about family and all this sort of stuff, but then you've got these friends that get pumped and excited about all the same stuff you do. So now that that's how I remove blockage is I honestly focus on making myself happy. And, and, and here's the hard thing is that most people don't know how to do that. Yeah. Because the easy is, is like, Oh, I'll make myself happy. I'll watch TV. Now the question is, what are you watching <laughs> yeah. or, or, or on your phone? Like I'll go to my phone. The question is, what are you looking at? Yeah. And most of the time it is pretty stressful because I love TV. Like, like absolutely. Like I love, uh, there's amazing movies, amazing shows. But now for me, like an, an incredible comedy, like a nice, like great comedy that I can just laugh, like feel great is way better than the news yeah. or way better than, uh, you know, like a dystopian future because right now it's all very popular to, to make shows about dystopian futures and it's, I'm, I'm not knocking them. I love them like absolutely. But what I know is we are very much affected by what we see, what we hear and what we feel. So it's great to feel emotions and that's all really important watching a show, but it's hard to marathon a show that's incredibly depressing and then go to bed and marinate on that all night long and then wake up and feel like there's no hope for humanity. Yeah. So, so it's kind of, it's that thing of what our release should be ends up actually making us probably feel a little bit worse. So it's, it's about being aware that it's like, great, watch the news and go, okay, that's, you know, because when we were kids, I'm sure you could relate to this. News used to be 30 minutes. It was like 6 p.m., 30 minutes, and then yeah. you then Seinfeld, and then Simpsons. And then, you know, and then in the morning, it might be newspaper, and you'd skim through the things. You'd be like, oh, okay, yeah. And then you wouldn't really talk about it at work. But now, it's 24-7. Yeah. Everyone has it on their phone. People are setting alarms. Like, for the last election, I had friends setting alarms to wake up. To, and this was the thing is like, I literally, a friend said, um, are you watching the election? This was on the first night. And I said, no, no, no. I just, I'll, I'll just find out the, the answer. I just want to know the end. Yeah. Um, and I'm so glad I did that because for four days, everyone I knew was stressed out of their mind, yeah. you know, because by the point of voting, there was nothing else that anyone could really do except for argue or stress that it's that close. Like, you know, a, a footy match or a sport is great because it does bring up emotions, but at the end, it is just a game. But in life, there's too many things that we don't distance ourselves from to go, okay, well, listen, there's only so much I have an effect on the US election yeah. or who the president is. And I can only do my bit and just like, okay, it is what it is. And now I'll be happy. So it's, um, you know, it, it's all of these things of just trying to make sure that, that, I mean, I have this saying now that, because it, it's that idea of like, you're in fitness, that you are what you eat. Mm. right you know that but it's also that you, you are what you say yeah you are what you see and and it is it, it's this thing of you li we live on the frequency that we talk about frequently so if you're talking about hope and happiness and bringing joy to people and about trying to bring change and 
bring happiness to people's life. That's a beautiful place to be. Mm. But, but too often when we get together with friends, especially actors do this, we get together and commiserate. You know, it's that thing of like, oh, did you see what happened in the thing? And like, oh man, like it's hard and this and that. Like at no point, like even with us trying to get this meeting in and you've got beautiful kids that are running around like in the other room and trying to fit it all in, but you're not complaining mm. because you, you've, this is, you're living the dream. Yeah. Like, it, you know, it, it, it's this concept of, but there's plenty of people that would to say, man, it's like near impossible to get my podcast. Oh, you know what? I won't even do a podcast. I'll just wait till my kids get older. And like, you know, like it's that thing of like, you will find the energy for the things that you want to achieve. And right now you're doing it all from fitness to photography, you know, to construction, to pay the bills for the family. (laughs) I'll tell you something that has been the whole campaign in perfectly perfect. So before I tell you that part, this is Wayne Dyer fun as well. Ah. Need to get that one. Yeah. So that's yeah. Another subject we'll touch upon, but when it goes to spirituality thing, I totally get what you mean. People can be on the fence, so I never really go into it. But once you do actually go on this self-discovery journey, uh, journey, I can't speak, journey, drop the ego, you actually learn so much about yourself. And that blame game, you internalize it. And when you come up against another obstacle, instead of the blame game, you're kind of like, okay, how am I attracting what I'm attracting at the minute? What do I need to change about myself? But when it comes to uh, the campaign, the Imperfectly Perfect campaign, the whole notion of it, attesting to you there, you used to be a perfectionist, not getting things out. I always say to people, I'm a big Gary Vee fan. So I'm a a one percenter who will just do it. So with this podcast, I had no bloody idea how to do one. And everyone's like, how did you get picked up by iHeartRadio after four episodes? I was like, I pressed play on Garage Band. I had my laptop. <laughs> I was like, I, I was like, you know what? I listened to Gary Vee one day and I was like, his audio is not perfect. He speaks what he says. It comes from the heart. He's a multimillionaire. Take away the monetary value of what he is. People resonate with him because he's real. He's authentic through and through. I mean, that word is so highly saturated these days. Authenticity, when people's actions don't meet what the word means. However, you're drawn to him for that. And he just said, just do it. Like, don't run before you can walk. So for me, I'm like, I don't know how to do it. I've got Garage Band, I'll press record. And I listened to his podcast one day and I was like, his audio is not the greatest. And then I realized it's about content. It's about who you're talking to and the reciprocity, like when you really gain just that trust and that mutual understanding that you get each other. And I always say the amount of people who's come on the podcast, and I've done my research, like after we'd spoke initially, and then I did a bit more research on yourself. I must admit, 2005, six, mate, you were in my era of neighbors, being English. So. <laughs> Sky, Thank and, you. Uh, Sky and Dylan. So, but anyway, I have had so much feedback from people who have come on because I've gone, look, I've done my research, put that to the side. I take my hat off to what you've all been able to achieve. I think it's amazing. However, I like to know the person behind the profession because what we don't see is that person. We see a highlight reel on socials and what I try to tell people, and I must admit I've been on networks, very fortunate, and they've said, tell me about this celebrity, this celebrity. And I'm like, but it's not just celebrities. There's people of influence across corporate. Let's get back to mental health. These are people. We all bleed red, we all go through the same thing. I know for media, it's kind of, it's sensationalized, I get the game. 
one of the questions I would ask you, how have you navigated your own mental health through that? Because what I've seen through it from an external point of view, and people say, why aren't you pushing yourself a bit more on the campaign? I'm like, no, thanks. <laughs> I'm like, it's about the message in one respect, but what you guys are able to do, you do need a strong support system around you. There is a lot of no's. If something happens, suddenly people disperse. If you haven't got an agent, you don't get the work, it dries. How have you navigated all that kind of, I mean, you've been fortunate you've said, but if you've ever seen friends go through it or. I think uh, I, I was sort of very, I, 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 I had it firsthand so often. Mm. And I only realized this later on that because I grew up, um, I started um, professionally acting when I was 12 years old. Yeah. And when you do that, you're acting with other 12 year olds. Yeah. And then sort of as you evolve into sort of 17, 18 schools finishing, and I would so often see a lot of people fall out of it, mm. fall out of love. I mean, so especially with, uh, you know, child actors, because maybe their parents got them into it. Sometimes that is the case. But others where I just know that it was, it was a stress, it was a worry, it was money, it was all of these things. And, um, and also, especially the hard term of celebrity. Like when I, you know, was doing Winners and Losers, or even Neighbours, it was this concept. I actually left Neighbours because I didn't want to, become too celebrity. I, I love doing the show and I could have stayed, I was only there two years, which was short in the scheme of things. But I was just like, I don't want to just only become a celebrity from neighbors. Like it, it wasn't, that wasn't what I was after. I wanted to evolve and try and do other things. And, and I was very lucky because most of my choices that I was doing, even when I left Winners and Losers, uh, or even when I left Winners, uh, Elephant Princess, I didn't go back um, based on, I was like, am I just going back for money? Mm. you know it's like it's like I, I have I got everything I wanted out of this and that is the case and I, I guess I sort of got nervous with that and it is kind of hard especially on a relationship you know if you go somewhere and you keep getting stopped and all listen I, I certainly haven't had the level of I'm sure many of the guests that you've had on the show but you know seeing these friends that would fall out of what I felt fell out of love but I know they weren't falling out of love it's just that they saw no like hope you know, they saw, they, they, and there is the saying, which is, we don't know enough. Like no one knows enough to be a pessimist Yeah. because there is so much in this universe that we do not know to be a pessimist because anything can happen. And really, I, you know, I also have the term of like, you need to escape uh, like jealousy and I call it jealousy because it literally will lock you up, yeah. keep you stuck. And, and it was actually also this other thing of the idea of the ego because Eckhart Tolle talks about the ego and I sort of compared it, this, this concept, which I'll take you through now, sort of maybe actors might be able to relate to this, where if you think of your mind or what you're seeing as like a movie screen and you're sitting in like, like a, you know, a cinema, like, and you're just watching. So you're actually watching what's going on because you're the awareness of the thoughts and what's occurring and you can focus on elements of the screen. Like if there's something you don't want to see over, you can look over here and see, oh yeah, look at the beautiful birds over here. Or look at the lovely couple kissing over there. Or you can look at the dark and awful stuff. But then also in the audience, there's a heckler. And the heckler thinks they're helping by shouting out negative stuff. They think the audience find it funny. And especially even like with comedians on stage, like the, the, the heckler will only do it because they think they're funnier than the comedian on stage. And that's what the heckler and the audience is doing. And that's our ego in our own mind, shouting out at the screen, like, you can't do that. 
good luck with that or good luck uh, getting her on a date like not gonna happen or you'll never star in that thing like you know your skin's not great enough or you know your hair frizzes in the rain like you know like that heckler is there now the only thing you can do as an audience is either focus and pay attention and give them center stage so that you're listening yeah. and agreeing or you can shh, you can shh, just like you're in a movie cinema and someone's talking you can shh. like i started to do this back in that stage where i realized like what what's going on like i'm having these thoughts and once i realized i wasn't the thoughts when the thoughts came i would just go shh. like nurturing not like shh because that can make you angrier it's like you know like a library like a library lady uh like shh, shh, no talking it's this concept of just like a, like a, a nurturing mother of just going shh you know, like if, if everyone watching a show gently shh the person in the crowd, they're like, oh, okay, well, I'm not really welcome here. Yeah. And then eventually that heckler won't talk or if anything, eventually they'll realize they have no worth here and they'll leave the cinema altogether. And so that's really what changed it for me is, is that when negative thoughts would fly through my radar or I would pull them into my thought pattern, I would just try and shush it. And then it would actually kind of, you know, I, I probably looked funny at the gym while I was doing that, walking around, you know, kind of, you know, walking, you know, people wouldn't know what the hell I was doing. But for me, it actually re really helped. Yeah. So that's a little trick that maybe you can do. And if it's that idea of just knowing that you're not that thought and people have negative thoughts, but, but you need to not, like use the thoughts to your advantage. Don't, don't let the thoughts use you. And too often I, I feel like people take the thoughts on as their own, especially anybody that's depressed. They, they would know, that, oh, these thoughts, I, I'm a terrible person. I can't believe I had these thoughts. Like I'm, you know, like I'm an awful, awful, you know, like why, why is my brain doing this? And it's just, it's just, you, it's, it's just an addiction. It's just, you start to believe it. You start to believe the heckler, believe the echo, uh, the ego, and, and you start to doubt everything that you have. And, and for me, shushing myself, it really helped. So I don't know if that, if that's a trick that any, anyone listening can use. Well, that's the whole thing with the campaign. So the main thing, the main premise was obviously visual medium so that people could be drawn to it through awareness. Then they actually go to the podcast. They can listen to stories. So when I went through my severe bout of body dysmorphia, it came through social media. I found that I was comparing myself. I saw a psychologist because it nearly broke my marriage up because I was spending more time in the mirror than my wife. She didn't understand it because on an external point of view, I was in front of maybe a couple of hundred people teaching group fitness classes back home in front of the mirror. I was in such a bad place. I was tearing myself apart. Anyway, got to the point I broke down one day, went to see somebody. Unfortunately, it was in Thailand. They're not really based on aesthetics. It's all about education. So he didn't really understand it. Anyway, finally went to see somebody. And to be honest with you, they were trying to pinpoint it on something from childhood. And I was like, this is not childhood. I was the first person like in my twenties all the way through to like top off beach, the lot. And I actually worked it out while after that it came from social media. However, in saying that, I always say with the podcast, listening to your story and listening to what you've been able to do, it gives people hope that if something that you've said doesn't work for them, listen to another podcast that somebody else with something similar has done. So it's a message of hope basically because storytelling is the oldest form of communication and that's what i wanted to bring through so bring together the people in the arts to showcase this 
because I, I, I've seen it more often than not. People look at it sometimes and go, but you've got celebrities on. And I'd be like, first of all, if you ask somebody, if, if I asked you, Damien, what would you do for, for a profession? You would not say, I'm a celebrity. People don't class that. It's a perception that media put on. And behind that, you've got people in corporate who have got multi-million dollar companies on there. And I actually learned in my self-development, you, you can say to them, you go, oh, you must be living the life. And they go, yeah, but people don't realize it comes with a million problems as well. Like we're all on different levels. And I mentioned it in one of my last podcasts. We've all got playing this perception game and this perpetual thing thinking everyone's life's better than ours these people up here sometimes are just looking at us and going oh, just to go to the grocery store and buy something without being bothered would be amazing i've got to deal with all this and then people here are looking up going oh they got to red carpet events they've got all that but they don't see the behind the scenes so it's um it's been an amazing journey for me but I just love listening to people's story. That's the thing with me. It's like you talk about friends when you've got different friends. Like I can sit there just, just intently listening to people who have got really in-depth conversation. And I can tell with you that you've gone on a journey and you've just come out the other side. And whether it's intuition, you mentioned it before, you do start picking up on people's energy a lot more and the intuitive things. But um, that's why I say, read that book next, mate, The Power of Awakening. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yep. Got I will say, based on what you were talking about, the, the, the hardest thing, which is comparing, and, and, and as you were talking about with body small fear and social media, and that we, we do all compare. Yeah. And for me, it's, um, I, I almost talk like, like I, I, I compare life to the beautiful, like, you know, place that it is, it has its laws laws of attraction and all this sort of stuff, magnetism, vibration, all of this kind of stuff. And the way I like to compare this world is like an algorithm. It's all like one algorithm, whether you believe in the, uh, like, um, you know, that it's like simulation or whatever. It's this thing of life is like an algorithm in the sense of just like YouTube or Facebook or social media. Now I'll give you the example. If you go to your homepage on your YouTube like app, and look at what it offers you, that is what you are constantly looking at. Now, YouTube doesn't judge you whatsoever for what you watch. Yeah. You can watch conspiracy theory stuff, you can watch little puppies with, with you know, like, 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 you know, just playing with some balls of wool. You can watch, you know, hilarious bloopers. You can watch, you know, dangerous people doing things. It doesn't, they don't judge. It will just give you more of what you want. And that's the same with Facebook. It will give you more of the articles that you read. It will give you more of the news that you want to see. It will give you more of the photos that you are looking at. And it's dangerous. And, and, and here's the thing. I don't blame any of these because all like Facebook want to do is make a, make a dollar. Don't we all? So all they're doing is just like giving people what they want. And we kind of blame them to say, look at you sending out all like all these. And it's like, I started to realize by looking at my feed that what was I attracting more of the same and more negativity. And that's what was happening in my life. The universe is very much the same. And if you show love or look for love or give love to your children, give love to your wife, love to the stranger at the supermarket, then all of a sudden love will come back at you tenfold because that's what you're giving. If you're giving judgment to the person on the street, 
or giving judgment to that friend that decided to do that thing. Like then you are bringing judgment to you or, or more negative or, or people judging you. So it's this thing of be very, very careful. And I honestly like, and with social media, it is that thing that I, I get it. It, it. It's, it's a highlight reel is really what social media is. It's a highlight reel. It's like best of bits. Yeah. This is best of demo. This is demo uh, at his best. You know, it's this concept that isn't real because it's, you don't, you weren't at the beach when I took the photo. You didn't know how cold it was. You didn't know how windy it was and how much sand got it. You didn't know how sunburnt I got the next day. You just see me like tanned and sitting on the beach, you know, looking amazing. Yeah. And you're like, well, you didn't see the fight that I had with the partner to take the photo because I just, you know, I wanted the perfect photo and, and it was overexposed and we didn't know and the camera, all of these things, right? Or that we couldn't even swim because we took a big expensive camera to the beach, right? It's like, you don't see all of this stuff. So you need to take it with a grain of salt. And the hardest thing I know is, is especially say, I even just sort of would, would say it for girls in particular, is that, you know, social media, there's, there's plenty of women in bikinis. Yeah. Right. Or, or that's what magazines were. Like, of course, like, you know, like, like uh, magazines that you buy just at the thing. It's like, oh, beautiful women in, in, in this. And, it, and it's such a body shaming thing. I mean, it was hard at work, I'm sure for you. Looking in the mirror every day, it is your profession. But of course, when you see on social media to people that really when, it, when, you, ch can, when you can eventually change it from comparing yourself to, to being inspired by. Yeah. And it's, that, you know, it's, it's that thing of a lot of people look at rich people and say, oh, like they have it easy because it's like you should be inspired by like they probably started at the same point. Some people, of course, have it easy from early, but you don't know the problems that they're having and, and the problem they're having with their kids because their kids have had everything and they're all brats and all that sort of stuff. But it's, it's that concept of social media by sometimes, and I had to do this. I went through my social media and I, I get it. You don't have to unfollow, but just mute. Yeah. If you see a, a photo that hits you, and it might not even be bad. Honestly, it could just be a person booking a job. And you're like, ah, oh, they book all the jobs. That's unfair. You know, when you're like, wait a second, what am I doing? Why did I feel that? Maybe I should mute them for 30 days and, th and work on myself <laughs> so that I can look at their thing, like their stuff and not judge them. Because really I'm only judging myself for not being at where they are. You know, so it's that hard thing of like with social media is just check on who you're following, what you're looking at. Because the thing that blows my mind about Trump, whatever you feel about him, people follow him on Twitter, yeah. right? So people that don't like him, follow him. Wouldn't it just be easy not to follow him and then just, you know, you're not bombarded with his tweets? But it's just that thing of like, people love the, the talking point or the, but it's, it's people want to look at the problem. I almost kind of compare it to the movie Candyman. I know people might not remember that. I think it was in the nineties, this movie. And it's this, this concept that there's this villain, this, this horrible, uh, terrible villain. And to bring him to, to like kill you, all you have to do is say in the mirror, Candyman five times. And the whole premise of the movie, you're like, well, just don't say it. Just don't say Candyman. You know what I mean? But it's this thing that they want to say. It's the same as Beetlejuice. Like if you don't say Beetlejuice three times, Beetlejuice doesn't show up. Right. So it, it's kind of this thing of like, we, we love to like throw wood at the fire. Yeah. We see like something we don't like and we love to fuel it more.
And so, especially with, with politics, um, you know, I remember getting in trouble once because there was a topic my friends was talk, were, were talking about. This wasn't even that political, but it was just something that had happened in the news. And, uh, and, I, and I was kind of like, like the two, it was a couple and they were both fighting over it. And they were like, I need your opinion. Or like, really, they were basically saying, I need you to side with me. So they're wrong. <laughs> right. And so, and I was like, oh, listen, you know, I see that side and I see this side. And they're like, don't sit on the fence. Like, don't be a fence sitter. And it was this weird thing that clicked into my brain that I was like, wow, like in this world right now, it is negative to be on the fence. Mm. When really, with anything, we know this from like, whether it's a marriage, we know it in business, we know it dealing with customer service, everything is compromise, right? So it's this, this concept of everybody wants to be like, I am right, but you are wrong and you will always be wrong. And I'm not talking to you about what you need like help with because yeah. like why, you know, it's, it's like we need to mend the sides because it, it is all, nothing's black and white. It's all gray. It's all gray area in the middle. And we need to, it, it's like, you know, I'm not trying to get political here, but I just mean in life in general, like with friends. And I compare this to next time you're with your friends, have a look at where the conversation goes. And how's it making you feeling? And is it complaining at all gossiping about something? Mm -hmm. Just look out for that. Like, and if that is what's happening and if you're not feeling good, because the people love drama, it's the same reason people watch neighbors, right? They love drama. There's no one happily ever after yeah. like Susan and Carl have to break up, then get back together then break up again. And then have drama. Like there has to be people dying. There has to, there has to be drama because we love drama, but in real life, people kind of get addicted to drama in their own life. Yeah. And, and so it's this thing of when you're with your friends and what I notice people don't ever do is talk about people's dreams. Mm. You know what I mean? Like we might at new year's Eve where it's like, so what, what are you, what are your resolutions? It'd be like, I don't know. I should, I should slow down on drinking. Maybe I don't know. And it's like maybe a half, half thing. But I've always taken use resolutions like pretty seriously, but never also just been like, oh, well, um, you know, if it doesn't work, you can start it at any time. It's just, that's a reminder period. But I've, you know, uh, like I quit fast food for a whole year because I was like, that news I quit swearing, you know, I quit uh, a, a bunch of things that kind of actually ended up making me feel good. And it's that concept of when you're with your friends, just every now and then, like throw out the question, like, yeah, but, what, what would you, what would be your dream job? Like, what would be your dream? Like, like vacation? Like, how about talking to people about their dreams? Because to be honest, those dreams are as real as what they think negatively about someone in the news that's happening right now. Right. That you don't even know. You, you don't even know what's going on in their world. And like, I, I've spent enough time in LA to know that no matter if you're looking for an agent or you've got a pilot or you've done a one season or you've got the movie, all you're worried about is, oh, will the agent keep me on and will I get auditions? B, will the pilot get picked up to a series? B, will this series one go to a second series? Or will this movie make money? Right? And if it's not those things, then you're heavily depressed when everyone would look at these people and be like, oh, you're kicking goals, living the dream and super, super happy. It's yeah. like everyone's waiting for some end point. But the dangerous thing is the end point is death. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's like, so what's this end point? There is no one movie. It's like, why do 
like actors, you know, same thing as like every movies are all going in a certain way. It's like, they're all coming a little bit more Marvel or, or Star Wars or, but, and, and like other actors are going into sort of more lower budget things or doing TV and people are like, Oh, like, why are they doing that? They want to work. Yeah. They love working and people will judge them by, Oh, like, why did, I wonder why they went and did that thing. And you're like, well, they want to be on set. <laughs> you know, they want to make, make people smile. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's this whole thing that it's like when, you know, like I love Jim Carrey. And when I heard he was in Sonic, I was like, well, that's a weird move. Like that's, that's a strange one. He's Jim Carrey. But then I saw it and I was like, he had the time of his life on that set. Right. And then he was the best thing in the movie for me. But it's just that concept of you're like, well, he's just, he's getting to play. He's getting to do what he wants to do. You know, so it's, um, it's hard. And, and, and really, I, I, I implore people listening or watching to please quit judging or blaming people because all you're actually doing is blaming and judging yourself. It is an inner reflection. And that's why for me sometimes, you know, like I don't get road rage anymore because I know when someone's upset and I see them, I, you know, I only have the experience with them for like 10 seconds or less. And I'm just like, wow, like they're living with themselves. And if I only experience 10 seconds of their life and they had 24 seven with themselves and they're upset over nothing, I hope they're okay. Yeah. Like I hope they're okay. And honestly, that's, that's my prayer now when I like look at people or, and even I, I also talk about like actors need to not like, like rat out movies at all either. Because for one, firstly, ask yourself the question, would you love the movie if you were in it? Yes, you would. Right. So it's that thing of like, Oh man, did you see the latest sequel to that? Oh, what a letter. That was awful. I'm so terrible. And you're like, well, if you were cast in that, what would you think about that? Well, well, nah, I wouldn't do it. It's like, yes, you would. Are you kidding me? Of course. And you'd be the first, you know, and you'd hope that people around you would support you too. So it's this conscious, like watch what you're saying, watch what you're looking at, watch what you're scrolling. Like, you know, we live on the frequency that we talk about frequently. So just try and you've got to feel those good vibes as much as you can. Well, I, I, I absolutely love that. I think that's beautiful sentiment, what you said there about when you're with a group of friends. So anyone that's listening, actually take that and try it out because I'm going to do that as well. When I catch up with friends, I'm, I'm going to try it because I had not even thought of that. We don't tend to gossip, but I was, when you were talking, thinking about our conversations and about people's work and not gossiping, but probably more complaining about work, their situations. And then just to talk about aspirations. And sometimes I have even not dumbed down, but kind of gone, because I get excited about what I'm doing, but people don't see the hard work behind the scenes, how, how many hours I'm doing and what I'm doing, but I'm still so passionate about it. And then sometimes it's kind of like, hey, Glenn, settle down because you're way overexcited compared to where they are talking about their careers, but you shouldn't be dimmed down bring everyone up at the same time so yeah bring everyone up it's this concept of like tall poppy syndrome right and mm -hmm. this idea of like oh if, if i if i grow too large then everyone but it's like well just like you know let let everyone feed on the beautiful rays of sunshine and, and grow together right it's so it, it's it's it really is remarkable and you will see friends like and this is the thing is i've lived in la long enough to have been with very very successful people in a room with everybody and, and most of them like related and they're all very successful and everyone's talking about anything but their success. Now I'm not saying that that's, you know, like good because they're not bragging, but I'm just saying that no one would celebrate. 
Like, I feel like, like I'd go and see people and I'm like, it's weird that we're not talking about your amazing news in this thing, yeah. you know, because what you're worried that they like, don't want to talk about it or they might. And I'm like, we, I just want to hear about it. I just want you to tell me about it. I just want to know what it's like. Like, this is the biggest like break of your career and we should be toasting. We should be like, like asking, like, but people just don't even share within their own family yeah. of that kind of thing. And, and it is really, really strange to sort of see that, but it is also very key because you don't want to alienate your friends too, because enthusiasm, and this is also what I found. And I actually, it's so funny. Uh, I went back to neighbors for the 35th anniversary and I was at the rap party for that, that Christmas and an actor that I've known for a very long time. We've never actually worked together, but, but an actor I've known for a very long time, um, you know, came up to me and said like, you know what? Like for 10 years, I didn't like you. I just didn't get you. I was like, what's his deal? Like what, who, like, I don't like what, what is with Damo? Right. And then he was like, and then like, I just realized that like, you're just the nicest guy that I've ever met. And I just didn't know how to cope with that. Mm. Right. And so, and, and it was remarkable to hear this because then also for the same reason, the old me would have said, Oh wow. Okay. I should dull down my energy. Yeah. I should dull down my light. And, and I think when I was getting in my darker stage, I was because I was like, well, listen, you know, I'm going apart. Like I'm not succeeding. So I don't want to stand out because what if they ask me questions like, how's your career going or what are you doing? Right. But it's that thing of like, it's, it's this concept of you cannot like dull your light. You need to bring other people up. And when people just want to talk about something that we know is like, you know, a hot topic that everyone wants to talk about, just try and go, Oh yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. But, um, Oh man, like, like, you know, where are you going? What are you doing this Christmas? We've, you know, it's like, hopefully, you know, all that sort of stuff, like try and change it to those beautiful things because as I'm sure you know, as well, it's even with parenting, um, or even with childbirth, we sort of learned this because we did all the classes and the one thing that at these classes that we did were telling us will ignore all negativity about childbirth because what a movie show is just like like pain and like oh awful and like thing we hear the horror stories right and even you know even parenting you know for, for people that don't have kids yet it's like oh man like hard is but it's like dude you wouldn't change it for the world right well, you no because they're the greatest <laughs> the, <laughs> But the thing is, is like, I know, like, of course, right now, I'm going to enjoy every second of my life pre-birth because it's like, oh, yes, this is the you know last couple of seconds of, of, that I know of Damo now. Yeah. And then I'm going to love every second because this, this child is going to be my good luck charm. And, and you, you have like beautiful beaming lights that in every day bring you into your happiness. Because to be honest, dude, that's, why, that's what, who you're doing it for. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, you're leading by example. You want your kids. You don't want any, like you don't want anything to happen to them. You want them to be the, the light to their friends. And I, and I heard this quote as well. I forget who said it, where it's, it's this concept of if you make sure that everyone around you has everything that they want, you will definitely get what you want because everyone will want you to have it. I like, I have this friend who is like one of, one of my best friends and no matter what I do, like to try and help or whatever. She pays me back too much. Like, I'm like, You're, this is tenfold. Like how I can't possibly, but it's this thing of, she doesn't care because she feels like she owes me. But I feel like I owe her because we're just such good friends. 
that we would do anything for each other's success because her success is my success. My success is her success. And so you need those people around you. So it's that thing of like, you know, your wife and your kids and, and trying to deal with the, the issues that you had, of course, because it, it's like the hardest thing is like, especially in a marriage, it's just all compromise. And I was, as an actor, incredibly selfish for a very long time. I was very in my own world of like, I'm trying to do this and like, I can't, you know, but until I just got out of my own way and realized that I'm actually pushing the person that I love away. And now we're, we're and we joke that it's kind of like, I love him, I love her more uh, than we got, than when we got married. Yeah. Right. Which seems weird, but it's like that thing of, you'd be this, where it's that concept of like, I'm progressively loving her more. The more I know about it, the more that we're evolving and the more that, things are changing. And once we're getting on this positive stage, like we're, we're, we're learning together and we're all just humans. We're all learning. Um, and the, and the compare aspect to bring that up again, it's like no two snowflakes are the same. No fingerprints are the same. Now, if not one finger on the planet of 7 billion people is the same, that means that the trillions of cells in you, there is no chance that you Glenn are the same as me or is the same as anyone on this planet. You are unique, unique. So it's, um, it's like we, we just have to try and spread it, share it. And this is why as soon as you asked for me to be on the podcast, I was like, well, I, you know, I, I certainly love to be a part of it. I love your message. But it's like it was, it was a, it's an honor because what I've experienced, I wouldn't have talked about this. Yes, I would with close friends. Yeah. And, you know, I even had a friend recently when I, because I did some lives on on even just, you know, Instagram and Facebook and literally even before a Facebook one, I was literally like shaking like this. And this, I told my wife, I was like, this is why I have to do it because I know that something good is going to happen on the other side of this fear. And when I did live and it just felt so good and, and I got a great response, my friend said to me, well, that's because you gave them full demo, which is kind of true is like, as actors, we, we hold back. It's funny that in acting, we want to show all our emotions, but in life we don't. Yeah. You know, it's kind of this, this, this facade and also the hardest thing with actors as well is that, that we are great actors. And, but honestly, all humans are, is it humans will show what they want to show. Uh, you know, humans will reveal what they want to reveal. Um, but also show interest. And I probably, everyone's worried about themselves. We are, and that's, I'm not saying that that's bad. Of course, focus on yourself and all that sort of stuff. But no, that's why you don't have to be insecure because they're worrying about the same thing. That person that you liked the photo of is probably more insecure than you would ever know. Mm. And so it, it, it's kind of like, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's this term that, that uh, you know, is, is really hard to kind of change your prospect of. I, you know, and this is when, when I was in my, my dark point, and actually I remember this, this happened to a friend recently and, and his partner had sort of said it to me where his agent had dropped him and I got excited because I was like, great. Now you can meet the agent of your dreams. Now you're going to meet the agent that's going to take you to the next level, right? And it did. It's exactly what happened because it was funny. He was already re being successful. He was always really successful. And then all of a sudden his agent dropped him. It made no sense to me, right? But I got excited about it because I knew that he needed that to see the optimism of it. But then his partner said, well, he has to be realistic. Now, what blew my mind when I heard that was the word realistic. Now why has that got a negative connotation to it, right? Real, why is realistic, you know, and it's this concept of if anybody was realistic, do you think we would have phones that could talk to each other? Yeah. Do you, do you think 
that, you know, like cars would exist or planes or, or spaceships or, you know, satellites or any of these things. Like, do you think anything would exist? Your favorite movie or your favorite camera or your favorite anything, your favorite food. Like, do you think it would exist if there wasn't imagination somewhere? And do you think they were realistic when the first ever thing to creep out of the ocean and say, I want to walk on hind legs and I want to evolve to fly and I want to evolve. Do you think that they were realistic? Of course they were, but they were positively realistic. They were like, I I've seen it. And, and it's that incredible saying, which is just that most people think that they need to see it to believe it. Yeah. But really you have to believe it to see it. And like, that's how I'm trying to live my life now. And that recently for me, I got in an amazing place, you know, doing lives and feeling good. And then this opportunity came out of nowhere. And then all of a sudden I'm on a movie set with an A-list star, right? And, and out of nowhere, the old me would have like said, that's not realistic. That's not possible. That can't happen because of like, how would it happen? How would you, you know, but I just started to believe so much so that of course, when I got the call, I was incredibly emotional and super proud that it had happened. But at the same time, it didn't surprise me. Yeah. And that's the thing we have to do in life. It's sort of this, this thing, Glenn, that I'm sure that when you reach out to people and, and they so like instantly are on board with what you're doing, you would, it's, it probably doesn't surprise you when they get back to you and they're super keen to be part of it. You know, otherwise you wouldn't have reached out. It's just like you're trusting this instinct or you're going down this avenue now or, and it's also this, this amazing thing of being able to talk about because it's like, of course, we all need to pay the bills. So you've done a beautiful thing to say, you know what? I need to support my family. Yes. I love photography. I love that. You know, like I can't believe I lost this, but I'm going to go into construction because this is what I know will always be going and I can earn money out of this. And then, but of course your passion will take you other ways until of course money is flowing in, but you need to do it for free for the love of it before the money takes over, you know, and then all of a sudden like. Because it's just everything that's just, <laughs> everything you're saying is just like, yep, 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 yep. Cause I understand when you understand it, keep going, loving it. And that's that. And it's the hard thing because for an actor in particular, and I'll talk about this briefly, is the aspect of like, especially with that term realistic of parents might be like, well, what's your backup? You know what I mean? What's your plan B? And Arnold Schwarzenegger says, you know, there's no plan B. There's only plans for A. And it's whatever takes to get you to A. So as an actor, if you have to do that other job, that's fine. That's great. Do the job, earn the money, but don't say, well, this is me forever. Like I'm going to be like frothing milk and to pour coffees for rich people forever, or I'm going to be serving beers, or I'm going to be doing whatever the job is, or I'm going to be in this office forever. Know that you are doing it to fuel that course that you want to do, to fuel the headshots that you need to get. And you know, need you need to get them, but you've got that friend that you're doing them for free and whatever, or you need to pay those union, those you know, like like show cast fees or all of those things to get onto casting. You're you're doing it to fuel that dream. You know, so it takes, you know, it's all of these things that you have to do what you got to do, but it's for the love of it. So you got to love what you do every day. And remember, like as an actor, especially as a performer, and and especially for you, when you're on the site, you're not just working, like you're not just working hourly as, as, you know, as a laborer, you're there 
to bring joy to people, mm. right? I have no doubt that when you're there, you're lightning, lightning. I mean, I know that in construction, you know, I've, I've mates that are in it and they're all so funny. Usually everyone's kind of funny. And like, um, there, there's, I mean, I'm addicted to on Facebook, uh, like, like, um, on the tools, it's like a Facebook. And basically all it is, is like people like showing like shoddy jobs that, are, that they've done on a work site, right. Of doors that like slam, like slam into the toilet. Don't quite open in the bathroom. And they're all like, not my job, you know? And I just like, it's so funny. Right. But it's like, as, as performers, as actors, I, I realized that why was I acting? Sure, I love doing it and it's all great, but why? Well, because maybe I like maybe making people feel good. We like people escaping through TV or through musicals or through plays. We like, you know, but at the same time, you, you don't have to be paid millions of dollars to make people feel good. You can do that every day with the person, with your partner. You can do that with your friends. You can do that with your parents. You can do, sometimes people just need an ear. You can do all of these things and do whatever they need. And that's what I realized that, that I acted to bring joy to people. But at the same time, I was like, well, I can do that so many other ways. And if that's like going live on Instagram and just talking openly about all of this or, you know, jumping on the pod podcast or talking about my imperfections or my, my problems in the past that kind of helped me get out of that. then if I can do that to hopefully give people hope and, and make them feel as good as I feel now, then that's what it's for. You know, you're, you're, you're doing this, you're, you're bringing this torch and trying to, and trying to pass it on to as many people as possible. And you're doing that for your children. You're doing it on the job site and you're doing this now with this campaign. Well, I think, I, I don't know why, but I just think that this is going to lead to something in terms of you using your platform for a lot more speaking, mate. Acting is going to be something that just comes naturally, but speaking, I've just, Hey, I'm not spiritual. I'm no guru, but I've got something that's just telling me that something here is just going to motivational speaking kind of that platform. Thank you. And can I say, and this is so funny that so often, and as I said before, you hide this, mm. right? You often hide like I, 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 you know, it's funny. I'm an actor. So it's scripts. You're always a character. You're always in someone else's costume. You're always in someone else's like movie or film or TV show. So you're, you're dressing up and you're doing these things. And then of course your social media, no one, like, I don't think most actors want to do social media. They do it because, it, and it's a chore, yeah. right? But yeah. only because they're trying to not, they're trying to feel like fake it till they make it, which I do think works to a degree, but it shouldn't make you unhappy. Yeah. Like fake, like I like the idea of fake it till you make it because it means you're believing it, you know, and that'll help you achieve it but not if it makes you doubt yourself and you go, oh man, I'm such a faker. I didn't get many likes on that thing. And I actually kind of liked that Instagram took away the number of likes. Did you notice that? Yeah, I think they was doing that because of the, uh, the whole notion of um, mental health coming into play a lot because people really yes. did start, And it just got to the point where, I don't know, but one, one um, because I haven't seen it for a long time, but I do... I forgot his name, but there's an actor off Home and Away, and I just happened to stumble on an interview with saying he was a new actor. This is pretty much why I don't know it. He's, he's, he's a Kiwi, the first Kiwi family in there. And um, yeah. he had an interview, and I found it so profound because he said what it took for him to realize that you're on such an enormity of a show like Neighbors or Home and Away, you get all this adoration from people coming but when you actually internalize it, they're not coming to see you. They're coming to see a character. 
And that is really hard to disassociate yourself. And when you put yourself, oh, I'm not actually this character. So do they like the real me? Do they like, and for you to like, when you say, when you go like this, to go on IG live and resonate, I can presume quite a lot of people. And even to me to then take that opportunity to reach out to you, the amount of people that have then come on this campaign or just shown vulnerability as a sign of strength and said who they are, the amount of people that it makes a difference for. Marnie Kennedy, one of the first ones to come on the campaign, incredible actress, beautiful person. And she said the first time that her image for the campaign came out and she shared a story, she was like, she had people from primary school reach out to her that had followed her career. She had people just reach out to her and just say, wow, we would have never known. And now she talks to them and she's like, the difference it makes because we all go around, like you say, we internalize things, we don't share things. We think that vulnerability, because of external factors that we've learned and we've suppressed from other people, we take it on and we think it's a sign of weakness, especially guys. Oh, it's not masculine to share it. However, you see some of the most successful people in the world who very openly just share their vulnerability. It doesn't stop them doing what they want to achieve. It doesn't. And yeah, for some reason, there's just something with you, mate, through this chart. I'm just like, yeah, he's going to use this as a, I think that was just your test. There's been something come up with your personal development, mate. And you went like that. And now it's like that. And you're just going to go on this. Well, ne- well I mean, it's, it's a remarkable thing that the one thing that I thought would actually hinder or going down a different path would hinder my career Actually, then I booked and that's what I couldn't believe. It was like, it was once again, and, and it's that idea of being vulnerable and especially because also other people are like, oh, wow, especially that, that concept of, oh, they're so perfect. They're in the limelight, they're successful, they're rich and all of these things. And, the, and people can resonate more with someone that isn't perfect because no one is. Yeah. What is perfect? It actually doesn't exist. And that's, that's the biggest scary danger of, of this idea of like, well, you can take, like, it's like a puzzle piece. Life is a puzzle and you can take little pieces, but it's like, you, you'll make things try and fit and they don't quite for you. Like everybody's physical being is a little bit different. Yeah. You know, everyone's skin tone is a little bit different. Everyone's hair is a little bit different. And, and I, like, I know this and I, you know, I've been on enough sets to know this or, or like almost no one likes their hair. Almost everyone's like, oh, my hair's too thick. Oh, my, my hair's too curly. Oh, my hair's not light enough. Or uh, my hair's, you know, like it's not good in like wet weather. Or, you know, like everybody would always rather someone else's hair, which is kind of funny because you, you're born with your hair. Yeah. And it's only just this idea of the grass is always greener. And when I was in America and coming back and forth from Australia, I, I lived in this mind frame for way too long, which was this, the grass is always greener. Mm. And when you watch people or you see successful people or it's like, oh, it's so it'll be, it's so green over there. I'd rather be over there like, uh, and then you're there and you're like, oh, well, it's actually, it's green. I green her back over there or you keep moving around until I, I heard someone, I forget who it was, say the grass is green wherever you water it. Yeah. And that's the kind of most important thing is that, you know, people can be looking at other people that, oh, well, it, well, I want what they have when it's actually, it's like to be careful what you wish for because you might get it and realize like, oh man, it's a whole lot more stress than what I actually thought. Like, you know, I, you know, I wanted to be a millionaire, but as you know, like running a business is hard and now I don't, I lose my weekends and now I don't see my kids and I don't, you know, it's all of these things. You have to be so careful what you wish for 
because I believe that that anything you dream up can come true. And uh, I, I believe that, uh, yeah, like, like the world is your oyster. And of course, we all start at a different place. Yep. But the best thing is we all want something different. Like not, not one person wants the same thing. And what I find funny with actors is that this concept of the Oscars or awards, it's like we want them because other people want them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of that, that aspect of like, oh, the Oscar is like this big. And I even feel it for, for Oscar winners. And I kind of notice that it's great because, you know, they win an Oscar amazing and their quote goes up. And then they often, I, I notice, work a little less because now they're more expensive. And now the expectation on their shoulders yeah. that every movie they make has to be the best box office smash. And it's so hard. Like you, you sort of go, okay, well, where's the end goal? Like even winning an Oscar isn't that. And so it's, it's chasing it for the wrong reasons. You know, it, it's like, of course, a lot of people can use success and fame and hopefully to give back. And, um, and that's kind of like now it's so funny. Like I didn't even think that I had a story. And we all have a story, but just like, you know, when we're at school, there's like the real cool kids yep. that everyone wants to be like them. And, and ha- what, who are those kids? We don't even really, it's like, all it is, is they're just confident. Yeah. Usually in themselves or they seem confident. And that's why we like them is because they're con- and, and really, I think that's with fame and with all of these things and showing vulnerabilities to sort of say, oh yes, you know, there is, it is hard to be confident. You know, even, even football players, going up against other football players, like they're all got to be like, you know, it's like the most confident person is like the one that's going to like, I'm going to jump and I'm going to kick the most goals and I'm going to all this sort of stuff. You can't have self doubt, yeah. you know? So, so we really, um, you know, confidence and, and just, you know, talk to yourself, talk yourself up. And, and here's the funny thing. I'm not sure if you find this too, Glenn, is like what you feed your brain. Like this last hour talking to you has, has brought my vibration up so damn high that I know that good things are coming to me because you've distracted me. And that's what it's about. It's like just self. Oh, hang on. I think I just lost uh, audio. Just give me one second. Hold on. Have you got me back? Yep, we got you back. Okay, good. Sorry about that. Um, My headphones always die. I, I, and here's the thing. We were going to go for 35 minutes or something. Uh, my headphones were, were, were sure thing to last that, but, um, but that's my bad. Cause I ramble. Yeah, we're having part one, part two. <laughs> yes. But um, I guess it, it's, well, I forget what I, I lost my track of thought of what I was talking about. Um, what but, you uh, the mind. Oh yes. The mind. And, and really here's the thing is, is what's interesting with a sports team is that, they always have a coach always. And why the coach isn't playing for them. The coach isn't, but the coach is there to give guidance and to give, you know, words of like, like, like belief and confirmation that, uh, you know, and to re and to recharge them and to get them pumped and to believe in them no matter what. Of course, sometimes coaches can get angry and that kind of thing, but it's that thing of like, you need, we are our own inner coach and it's crucial that, you know, we, you don't have to hide your beautiful cat. I love it. Love the cat wants to be a part of the podcast. The, uh, but it's this thing of, we need to coach ourselves and, and 
if for any actors out there or anyone that's just, you know, struggling. And the hard thing is often in the mirror, we don't like what we see, right? But I, I, what I really need and the change for me is what you've got to do is you've got to look at yourself and compliment yourself. You've got to, you've got to, you've got to thank yourself for, for some of those features that you have. You've got to thank yourself for some of those imperfections that make you incredibly unique. Yeah. The, and that is, is a form of coaching and just trying to ramp up your own belief in yourself because we often don't get it from other places. And then eventually it's that concept of like, you'll meet a mentor or you'll meet a friend that will do the same thing. And this friend I talked about before that we always are trying to one up each other and trying to help each other. It's like, she will call me and, and slap me around if she thinks that I haven't done something that I needed to do, <laughs> you know? And you need those friends, like a good coach, like a mastermind alliance as Napoleon Hill talks about. It's like, find those people like around you that will, you know, like hold you to your word to say, hey, how's that book coming? Like, oh, hey, how's that script finishing up? Or, hey, where's that live that you promised? And the remarkable thing was that when I went live, what I was more excited about was, was the people that reached out to me, actually people that I knew. You know, it was partners of friends or even like, like my stepsister reached out. And it's all of these things. And I could actually talk to them on a different level than I've ever talked to them ever. Because when I see them somewhere, it's like very, you know, like, you know, nice, ni ni niceties. But for the first time ever, you could talk about something that maybe that they were struggling with. And if you are open, then people around you might reach out and go, wow, I, it's so funny. Like I can relate in so many ways and I, I, I struggle with social media or I struggle with YouTube or I, you know, this or that. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just like, you need to be your own champion and be your friend's champion too. It's like, you, you got to look at the people. Go on. Sorry. Just with your friend's just going to say i think it's the first time that you see each other as people other than just damien my cousin or damien the, the husband you see them for who they are by going oh shit he deals with that i mean i've had i've had one of my cousins that when i was younger i always wanted a brother i'd got an older sister and i just wanted the older brother because i've got an older cousin and he was always going out with his mates in his car. And I was like, oh, I wish I had a brother, like so cool. And um, so I always looked, I always held him on this pedestal. And through this campaign, he actually reached out to me and he was like, mate, I'm so proud of you. And I was like, why? He was like, because I've suffered with anxiety for years and never spoke about it. And I'm like, even my mum, she reached out to me. She was like, oh, I'd been seeing someone a while because her and my dad split up after years together. And I was like, why didn't you say something? It's this old mentality as well. We just need to change that narrative that it's, it's kind of, would you, I always say, how would you champion your brother, your sister, your mother, your father, if they were dealing with it? So yes, as humans, like you mentioned earlier, we judge things, whether it's based on the premise of good or bad, like it's a human condition. However, let's be more mindful. Everyone's got a story. They react without internalizing things. It's just what we know. And we base that judgment off, perceptions but yeah i think it's just been mindful and when like you said when people reached out to you like your your your, your fiance's um your wife sorry your wife's next of kings or all these kind of people they saw you probably for the first time and were like wow it's, and it's exactly as you talked about that you said that you know we are all people and especially and it's so hard with parents 
because parents in your entire life, their whole goal is to be the strongest people you know, yeah. right? Because that they are raising you. They like you, you're supposed to need them, not the other way around. Right. And so for me, and I, I, I did my first Instagram live and my dad doesn't know how to work social media, but his partner showed, showed him, but I, I did it and it was, I ran to, I, I think I chatted for like 35 minutes and I was talking about like water, water molecules and how they're affected by vibration and, and positive words and phrases and all this sort of stuff. And I, I you know, it's, it's all of this hippie spiritual stuff. And I, the next time I spoke to my dad, he was like, you have no idea how similar we are. Wow. And I, it just blew my mind. He was like, I watched it and I just couldn't believe how much like, like it resonated with what we're talking about. And, and I mean, I talked about stuff like through that, which was this idea of like, you need to talk about what you want, not what you don't want, which a lot of, lot of humans do. And for me, my whole life, especially when I was in my darkest point or even every relationship I've been with, my parents got divorced when I was very young. So I experienced that. So my whole life I was like, I don't want to get divorced. I don't want to get divorced. And what's the best way to not get divorced? Well, pretty much not get married, not get into a serious relationship, right? <laughs> Push people away, like fear, even making the commitment. So in my dark set, until I started to like go, wow, I need to change my wording on how I work until I said, well, I want a long and happy marriage. Like I want a long and happy marriage. And I wasn't even thinking about what that was or who that was. And then I was like, wow, all of a sudden I saw my partner of like, like six years in a completely different light because I was out of my own way. And I, I took it all down, this idea of like not putting limitations on where our relationship could be because of, of how I was phrasing it. And, and so, and all of a sudden then, then I wanted to, like we got engaged and then we're married and then, you know, baby's on the way and like it's getting better and better and better all because I changed my mental perception, but that was something from childhood. And so to hear my dad say, and I was talking about this kind of stuff like in this, in this Instagram live, and then to hear my dad say, we have so much in common. And I was like, wow, I talked about divorce and I talked about worry and stress. And, and you go, we, we all have it. Yeah. And it's that hard thing of we, we, we need to be there for the people we love most because they are going to put on the biggest show for us. And they have most of their life. They're going to reveal what they want to reveal and do what they want to do, you know, like for your, for you, you know, as their son or as their, you know, and, and you're going through that now as a parent. Like I know I'm going to play a whole other role and in life, especially Eckhart Tolle talks about this too, that in life you're, we're all playing roles and it's when you go to the supermarket, it's either one person's playing the server and one's playing the customer. Mm -hmm. And it's this, 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 which is this weird thing of like, Oh, you're here to serve me. And it's this hard thing of like the customer is always right, which, you know, it is because they just want your money, but it, it really isn't correct whatsoever you know, but people put themselves on a hard, like, how dare you? I paid money for this movie. And you know, like there's popcorn on my, it's so like that, you know, people will complain wherever they can. And because they'll be like, well, I've paid my money and you are below me. And yeah. I, you know, and it's this, we all play roles and whether it's a parent, whether it's a friend, whether it's, it's this thing, it's like, be aware of the role you're playing in cer certain circumstances and situations. And I also like the term that Tony Robbins said, um, I know I'm giving out a lot of quotes here, but it's just this concept of like, I used to always think like, you know, treat people how you want to be treated. Like that's a nice way to live, right? Like treat people how you want to be treated. And then it's like, no, treat people how they want to be treated. You know what I mean? Like it's this idea of also with affection, 
like everybody has a different level of affection, especially partners, especially kids, especially friends, especially like it's this idea of like, you need, you give them the affection that they actually want. Right. And then they'll give you the affection back. You can't just be like, well, I want this affection. So I'll give you that. Cause they might be like, Oh, so that's, that's why with me, like, I know that I need to be a chameleon that with some people, they just don't, they can't handle my energy. Yeah. So I know what I'll want to talk about with them and I won't go full blown, you know, like, Oh, let's, let's get you off that, you know, thing. And like, let's talk about this. It'll be like, Oh, okay. You know, like I, I, of course, like I can be there to listen just as much as I can be there to try and recharge them. And, um, it is that thing of like with the roles that we all play, especially as a parent, I'm about to be a parent and, and, and we just need to check on, you know, there's also the thing that people say is like, check on your strong friend. You know what I mean? Because people don't, and the strong friend can be you sometimes, sometimes you're the strong friend in all of this and you have no idea until something happens and you're just like, man, I had no idea. Yeah. I, you know, and, and it's, it's devastating when it's too late yep. and, and just like, you know, losing your friend. Um, but as I know, and I, I completely believe it is that if, if, if the world or the universe is all energy and the energy all exists and it's this concept of like, you know, when 70% water, 75% water or something, the earth is 75% water and a jellyfish is 99.9% water, then that means it took only 0.1% for water to be alive, right? And so it just, it, things want to live and energy exists and we can't even, we don't even see it, we don't even feel it, but I have no doubt that your friend is here on this journey with you, right? He, he is here. A, a part of some of this intuition and some of these, like this guidance and what's beautiful and people underestimate and people get definitely emotional with memories, but memories are just the, the, the beautiful moments that we have. And they, and, and to be honest, they live forever in them. I, I heard a Macklemore song and he said, you know, it's, you know, you die twice. You die once when you physically die. And the last time somebody mentions your name, you know, and, and, and that, when I heard that, I was like, Wow, that's so kind of true. Yeah. So it's like anytime I'm around, or like I'm dry, I'm like, well, Nana, I hope you're with, with, with me now. You know what I mean? Like, like or, or par or people that aren't in my life anymore, you know, that, that I just, I mention them and I kind of can feel them and I, I reminisce on those times and I thank them for guiding me because they're all a part of the bigger energy bubble and in the energy field. And we're just going to, you know, it, it, it's like we need to not worry as much because life is short. Um, but it is beautiful and, and it is hard because the news will only show what will get ratings and what gets ratings is darkness and negativity and, and things that people go, I have to tune in for this. You know, it's like, it's like that, you know, those kind of like a current affair shows or those things, which is like escalators, what you don't know might kill you. Right. So you're like, Oh my gosh, I got to watch this because I don't want to die from an escalator. Right. But it's, it's this kind of, but, but that's, they just need to sell advertising space to keep the network alive and they employ a lot of people. So that's completely fine. Like that's, let's not judge those, but it's just that concept of just, you know, being kind to yourself, uh, you know, don't, don't like be aware of, of how you're feeling. Um, you know, like, like try and be on a scale, like try and know like oh, on a scale, I'm feeling four. And it's like, well, what, what would take me to six today? Like you don't have to be 10 every day. It's like, you know what? Just go on for a walk. Feel the emotions as well. Like nobody's, Feel the emotions. Nobody's seen here. Forget what you're going through. 
but there's being empathetic, having compassion for people. And I'll tell you something quickly that I really learned, and it was from kind of a mentor of mine. And I always said to people, you can have mentors from all walks of life. You know when you're young and you think, I need a business mentor, I need this person to get me to A to B to C. You actually can learn from your friends. Like today, <laughs> what we've spoke about, the amount of wisdom that you can impart on each other and you learn, that's a mentorship. That's, you are taking things. But one thing that stood out for me once about being empathetic was I resonate and I connect and I fully believe what you were saying there, which you're probably a bit more intuitive than you probably know about knowing I had a reading and that and my mate had come through and all this kind of stuff. I'll tell you another time. But um, the thing he was saying about being empathetic is, that, is like there's three different types of listeners. So say, for example, we was doing this show. You've got, or, or acting, whatever. You've got the people who just pretty much don't listen to a word you're saying. Then you've got the people who try their best to listen, but they're too in their own ego to think, what am I going to say next? So they're not listening. Then you've got the third person who's intently like hanging off every word you're saying and the conversation just flows so naturally. That's when you know you're onto a winner. But that is the sort of empathetic side that you need when you're speaking to people who are going through struggles as well. Listen, don't try and fix because as humans, we try and fix problems. And that's not a bad thing. We just want to help but just listen. So be that person who listens intently. But I do have a question for you, mate. Most important one, what does being imperfectly perfect mean to you? It um, has, has meant a lot of things, especially over the last couple of months, because I think that's the evolution that I've found most recently. And it is the concept of, which is why the beautiful phrasing of imperfectly perfect is, is the concept that you are perfect. And I mean, the hard term of like the word perfect is, is like, so we put so much weight on words, but when you actually, it's so funny that words are actually just sounds that we made up, you know, like perfect is a different word in different languages and all that sort of stuff, but it could have been any word, right? But it's the weight that we put on the word. So it's kind of that thing of like the word love, like, the, the word love has this connotation to it, but also it's the same thing of the word God has a con connotation to it on so many different levels to so many different people as well does like say Trump that word, like, you know, it's like has a whole lot of emotions behind it. So like being perfect, it's almost a word that, that I'm almost trying to eradicate from my like vocabulary altogether, but being imperfectly imperfect is, is this concept of just, just be, just be, and enjoy being, you know, that, that, you know, there's the saying, you know, we're, we're human beings, not human doings. And so often, you know, it's that, that concept that I should be doing this. I should be doing that. I should be doing this. And we're always living in this future or, or like, oh, I should fix up this photo. I should post something or I should, uh, you know, like, uh, man, I, you know, give, give something for the fans to like, like, or that kind of stuff. Or I shouldn't have said that on the podcast. Like, here's the thing. The best thing about coming on here is that I can't take back anything that I said. You know, on an Instagram, like, I can't take back anything I said. And I don't want to live like that anymore of having to try and filter myself. Or if I go off on a tangent and say something like I want, I want to be giving and I want to reveal. And I love the freedom of live or recording live like this, that it forces me to practice being imperfect. And, and, and you know, it's, it's like, uh, you know, 
you know, practice makes perfect. Um, but it's really like practice of, of being imperfect makes perfect. You know, it's that kind of concept of like, uh, you've got to keep practicing being imperfect live in front of everybody because it's scary at first. It is so scary, but it opens up so many doors. And when you actually are honest, and the funny thing was that when you were talking about like, when you're with your friends and that the conversation we've sort of had has really been like a beautiful one that's definitely recharged me, but the concept that it's almost like we need to talk to our friends like it's a podcast because when it's a podcast, the other person is there to say, well, I'm here to sort of maybe reveal stuff about myself. But when you're out for a drink, it's probably they're like, I just don't want to talk about problems. I just want to like hide it, but I want to kind of hide it by complaining about this stuff because we can relate to that. And I don't want to reveal too much, you know, because everyone's trying to be their best self or trying to be, not be vulnerable. And, and you know, everyone's got it tough. Everyone's going through something. The world is going through a massive shift right now. And you know, it's, it's, I think it's just funny that, that, that we met because now for the first time ever, I'm embracing being imperfect. You know, it's like, I, I need to love it. And I'm trying to practice loving it more and more. Um, because what I will say is, is it's my uniqueness. You know, if there was a, if there was a certain term of perfect, then once you got there, what would happen after that? You know what I mean? It would just be like, oh, it would just be this goal that we got to and that's it. Like it, it, it's, trust me, no one that you know is perfect. Everyone has, you know, a hair in the wrong place or, you know, or, or something that they don't like about themselves. Mm. That's what we know about the biggest actors in the world. Um, but what I will say earlier about the concept of listening, which I think I just need to touch on quickly of the idea of not listening properly. And this is honestly, I think trained in actors because too often when we're learning our lines and I've had other actors sort of say this where they're just like, you know, I just kind of like, am just waiting for, to say my line, you know, they're not listening whatsoever. So they're not even really acting. They're just like blocking out the other person, blah, 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 silence my line. Right. And that's often how people live too, is that they will just, Block, block, block. And I, listen, I am trying to pick up on myself as well because we almost all want to relate. And I'm bad with this with certain friends that when they're sort of like talking about something, I'll then sort of try and relate it so they don't feel as bad, you know? But in doing so, I am actually making it about myself that I shouldn't necessarily do. Mm. It's not about that. It's actually, as you said, it's about listening. And this is, this is a practice that I'm honestly trying to get better at and with my wife as well. And you would know this in any partnership, you would have it with your kids. Yeah. It's that sometimes they actually just want to tell you something and don't want your opinion, you know? And, and, so, and we're the same. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes we just want to say something and don't want the opinion. But then it's kind of, you know, and, and we know this stuff of, of, you know, when they ask about something, like if it's like, oh, I really want to buy this thing, right? And, and you know, as a partner, you might be like, well, you know, do you need it? And then all of a sudden you get in a heated discussion about like, what like, I'm not letting them. And I'm like, oh, well, sorry. Like I should have just agreed because I didn't realize you actually wanted it that much. Yeah. But it's just like, everything is a commu- about communication and everything in life is usually big. The biggest mistakes are always a communication breakdown. It's, it's you know, it's, it's that thing of like, as soon as people stop talking, especially think about it, there, there's a friend in your life. There's a friend in my life 
that I haven't spoken to for many, many years. I love him to death still. And I could pick up the phone. I do, I, 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 like I text him. I, I think he's changed his number. I should find his number. I should try and track him down and chat. And it's that thing of like, nothing has changed except that we just haven't spoken. Yeah. But, but I'm sure for both of us at times, we're like, oh, oh man, I'm a bad friend. Like I actually haven't caught up on him. And I've seen his photos on Facebook, you know, but he's not on Facebook. His wife is. So I, I kind of shouldn't reach, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And it's like, maybe I should reach like, but follow those intuition, you know, and just, and just, and know that even though you haven't spoken to them, there's no judgment. It's just like a communication breakdown. He's probably still one of my best friends. I just haven't spoken to him in a while. And that's fine because life goes on, but too often. And I know this, especially with families, because I've had family kerfuffles that have met with people not talking, you know, and all of this kind of stuff. And all I know is both sides probably think the same thing is that the other person doesn't want to talk to me or that the other person, and, and that is completely not true. It's just, we, we create these stories in our own minds. And if we just either put ourselves out there and just listen, then most likely like to stop trying to write stories for things that we don't know. And, and, there's so much we don't know. There's so much we don't have evidence of. And um, yeah, so I, so I just wanted to talk about that listening. I know I went off topic again, but no, yeah, just it's important that you mentioned that because I just want to touch on that as well one, quickly. One, when you talk about your friends and that, there's something I've implemented lately. And first of all, disclose, uh, disclaimer, we're not trying to say that we're perfect here and we, we, <laughs> we've worked on ourselves. Um, so, But this is exactly, this is the whole point is that we're saying that we're not, that is the great thing with this campaign is it's the idea of we are not, and we will never be. It's, it's fake. It's not real. Perfect. It doesn't exist. But what I want to, as I would say, teach people, if anyone can take anything away from me. And I often say, cause I've seen friends go through the same thing only because it's come from me as well. And I've gone through it. You're trying to concentrate on an outcome and place your happiness on an outcome. You're forgetting, like you mentioned earlier, you're forgetting your partner or your kids. And you're thinking the way that you're explaining it to yourself, if I can get there, then we'll be happy. Then I can spend more time with them. Then I can, then I can, we'll have X amount, then we can. However, if your partner ever turns around to you and mine did once, and that's when I was like, whoa, when she was like, you might get there, but we're not going to be there with you because you're going to lost us way back here. And that was so, such a, a hard hitter for me. And I was like, but I'm doing this for you. And she, and she was like one, she was like, I know you are, but all the kids are seeing is dad's not there. And I'm seeing husband's not there. And the amount of conversations I have brought that up because now I've, I've moved into kind of, whilst I was doing construction, everything else as well, mate, I was also simultaneously doing qualifications in coaching and all that. So I was busy, but yeah, I bet. people that I talk to with that, it's the same thing that comes up. And they justify it over and over. And there's no judgment because we all do it. But we judge it going, if I get that, then I'll be happy. If I get that, then I can make you happy. However, in the process, we lose all that. And that's probably what you did, like attesting to your story, your passion for it, because you were focusing on something and wanting to create and being addicted to acting. And it's, oh, this thing called life, mate. <laughs> we're always learning and I will tell you one good thing and my listeners are going to be fed up of hearing it but it's so profound and if you've never heard of it we all look for this purpose right and I thought initially finding my purpose was to be of service to other people help other people 
a friend of mine put it to me. He does so much reading back to oh, way back. But he said, I want to put something different to you. Your purpose. That can be part of your purpose. He said, but you know what your purpose is? Why do you think we're always evolving? Why do you think this blockage has come up? It's about learning who we are. That is your purpose. And I was like, boom. I was like, wow. And ever since I've told each person that's been on my podcast. So our listeners will be fed up, but each new person who might never heard of it. But I'm like, just let that sink in. And you go, it's true. Things come up, we evolve. Certain things keep coming up till we learn, we evolve. So actually, why are we looking for this happiness of purpose if we can't ever get to it or we put in an outcome based on it? And like you said earlier, we can't reach it because if we get there, there's going to be something else. Madness, mate. Yeah, I mean, that, that, is, that is incredible. And it is a, it is a yeah, it's, 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 it's a powerful way to see life. And, uh, and I, I mean, that's incredible. Is your friend a coach as well? Or is, that, or is he just a mate that just sort of saw it that way? <laughs> he just comes out with profound things. <laughs> no. Yeah. Coach has been doing has been doing coaching for years, but I'll tell you, he told me he was like, when you're reading, so what I like to read is obviously a lot of Wayne Dwyer, like you've been saying, but I've immersed myself into different cultures. So you can understand different cultures because we can't judge unless we know. And then also he's talking about don't just speak uh learn about history in terms of Romans who created this go even further back the egyptians and learn there what they taught and how it's come through the mm. generation so i've not done that far yet <laughs> I'm wow still, but he's 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 an amazing guy to you just listen like this you're like just keep talking keep, keep talking yeah and and that's the, the remarkable thing that when you do listen the knowledge you hear yeah. and so too often what we watch or what we see is actually just kind of blurry white noise yeah but it's kind of that idea of like you really do need to a look after your body and b look after your mind and you know uh it, that, that it definitely is education and especially like my my goal now uh is every every day i need to feed my mind with something and usually youtube is kind of like a great place to find it and it sort of is great because it'll introduce you to other things or what old philosophers used to say or all of this, like it takes you down different paths and it, um, it is, it is key to kind of keep your mind. There is so much we don't know. And there is so much that knowledge that was there that we just haven't even heard yet. And it, and it is, as you said, we're all here to evolve and to, you know, our purpose is to, to, to learn about who we are. Um, uh, one, one thing that I think also I, I am, I'm, I'm sort of like to, to, to find out if this is one of the last things we sort of talking about, but I, I also changed that when I talk about my story is I'll, I'll, I'll backtrack everything that's happened in my life and all of this kind of stuff. And I'll get up to today. And then I always kind of like to end it with, and then I live happily ever after. And it's that concept that today, or at least from once you've awoken into this like prosperous, happy state that we are living happily ever. You know, it's like that thing of like, oh, I had struggles with my marriage and, and I was focusing too much on myself but not listening or spending enough time with the kids and all this sort of stuff. And then I realized, and then I lived happily ever after. Because the happily ever after, we always think at like the end of a fairy tale is pretty much like, what does that even mean? That means like, oh yes, and then, then they died. Or like, you know, it's like they always get married and then happily ever after, which is such a beautiful stage that things happened 
in the happily ever after, but you, but you can be living that now, as long as you know that this is the happily ever after. Like, oh, I did a show and then I wasn't working and then I felt depressed and then I came out of it and I felt really good. And here I am with Glenn. And now we're having like an amazing chat. And after this, I got off the call and I lived happily ever after. And it's like, it, it, it's the blanks will fill in themselves because if I live that way and just knowing that every night that, that, oh yes, great. This is all a part of happily ever after. And it's always going to be different because it is going to evolve. And who knows if we talk in five years, we might be on completely, we have no idea where we'll be in five years time, yeah. but it's this concept of that that's evolution. And so uh, let's go forth. And, and the idea is that if we've been through it or we've had friends that we've lost to be able to spread this message so that we can hopefully relate to somebody out there or maybe give a hint or a bit of a clue. And, you know, I've learned so much from you um, and I hope that I've had something worth hearing about, but um, Glenn, I, I really appreciate you having me on the show. And, um, and I know I, I, I changed the time on you a couple of times. You had to do it around your family and every, all your work and everything you're doing. And I, I really appreciate you fitting me in. Um, but um, yeah, it was, it, I feel like this is the beginning of, a, of, of definitely, uh, you know, a friendship between us. And, um, and yeah, anything you need, man, I'm here. Like, I hope uh, this was worth something to your listeners. Uh, and, and I hope that, you know, we can, we can keep talking about other things that we hear and read and um, or more interests. Well, mate, I will just say, I think as much as the listeners will get that out, I just think that podcast was for ourselves to have a great chat because that's been two hours. <laughs> I've just <laughs> Wow. Has it? I don't have a time. I just know it's getting darker out here. So it's just like absolutely loved it, mate. I mean, yeah, thank you on behalf of myself and on our listeners, the campaign, just for anybody to share their vulnerability, their story, what they've been through, and take away if it helps somebody, if it saves a life, to have even that hard conversation with somebody, that is the main thing. And whether I've had to change around my kid, anybody, as long as they're safe and happy, that's one thing. I've got one last question for you, mate. What is next other than fatherhood? that you're working on at the moment, just if you want to get out anything out there. But I will say to you, congratulations to yourself and your wife on the upcoming arrival. I don't know whether it's a girl or boy yet. I don't know if you want to open that. But what I will say is, and I say to everyone, learn from your kids. Because as much as we want to protect and learn and teach, the amount of things that sometimes I can sit there and go, my God, we become so suppressed on certain things that they're just not tainted by external noise. And that's why sometimes spiritual, they can see, they can hear things, they can, and they just love life. And I suppose sometimes I listen to like my boys A and my little girls too. And I just watch how she's just like, I'm a princess. I'm a ballerina. I can be what I want. I can do what I want. And I even said it to a lot of people in a business networking event the other day. And I was like, why are we not taking lessons from our kids? We've come so ingrained into thinking, self-doubt, low self-esteem, we can't do this, we can't do this. Yes, we've got bills, but as long as we're able to pay them to do that, learn from our kids. And there was like silence in this networking event. And there was like, yeah, we tell our kids to go after their dreams, but we don't do it ourselves. So that's my takeaway for you, mate. As soon as your child is born, learn every little thing and enjoy, mate. Amazing. I, I on that, on that topic, I will say that I completely agree with what you're talking about. I've always known, and it's strange, is I'll go to a, a house party with friends and I will most likely be running around with the kids <laughs> because the kids 
just want to have fun. Yeah. And the parents probably just want to be serious. And what I, what's remarkable, and I, you know, I had uh, like a, a good friend's kid. I remember I picking him up from school and I asked, I said, oh, you know, what happened at school? I could not get any information out of what happened. And like, if you get like, you'll notice this, I'm sure you have it with your kids. It's like, oh, how was kinder? How was school? Or like, oh, what did you do today? They do not because they're in the now. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're not living in that past where I painted some picture and like they're, I'm bringing it home for you. Like, no, it's like, what are we doing right now? That's fun, dad. Yeah. Like I, I want to do that now. And you're just like, haven't we already done that a million? Well, it's fun now. Yeah. And it's kind of this, this remarkable thing that it really is incredibly Eckhart told this, this concept of children are only in the now. They're only looking for what is the best thing for right now. And, and I, I absolutely believe that we can take it out of that like which is which is true if you're not hurting anybody and it's like what's fun right now what's the what's what do we want to do right now that's great and feels good and what do i want to say right now to somebody that makes them feel good and i don't even want to talk about that you know past thing or i'll only talk about it if it makes people feel good you know because i went through a thing where i was like oh i'm feeling so good now i'll never talk about my negative days because i was like i don't even want to talk about negativity right i wanted to be so positive but now it's like that idea of like i and feeling the positivity out of the negativity only because I hope that people can learn from the mistakes that I've made in my past. And I, it's this remarkable thing that, that I, you know, the timing couldn't be better. I felt like I wanted to be a dad my whole life. And this, this is just a dream come true. I absolutely can't wait. And I will take your advice and learn. I am going to learn and grow uh, from this, this beautiful living thing that's just going to show me unconditional love, you know? So I, I'm, I'm, um, you know, so excited to be a dad. Um, and, uh, yeah, the next chapter, maybe next time we chat, uh, we'll do, we'll do a dad chat on the podcast. Maybe next time. How to go with that. But no, mate, I appreciate your time, uh, everything you do. And as I say, I think it's going to be the start of something, especially speaking, mate. I think that as, Mind you, nobody who's listening is going to know what that means. So I'll have to put the video. Oh, up. yes. Sorry. Yeah, just shaky hands. Sorry, shaky hands, I meant. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, but no, Glenn, I, I very much appreciate you. I, I appreciate this whole in- campaign. I think you're doing amazing things. And everybody that I know is, is, would be very keen to jump on board. And uh, congratulations with the momentum you're building. And it's just, you know, it's full steam ahead from now on. And I just wish you all the best. And I can't wait to, uh, I can't wait till you just don't even message me back because you're just so busy. And uh, you're like, I, I'm, I'm sitting on a beach uh, with my kids and uh, family while I coach, uh, you know, uh, like from around the world. It's like, yeah, I, I think um, there's some amazing things to come. And um, let's, well, let, let's keep talking. I'm actually more likely to flick the camera around and show the reality. One kid's throwing up, one kid's... <laughs> That's me. Good. Like, Imperfectly perfect. That's what it's about. Being real. Like, we've got we to gotta be real in a beautiful way. So, thank you so much, Glenn. Thank you. Um, guys, you can find this on Spotify or High Art Radio. Just simply head to Imperfectly Perfect campaign. Like, share, and we will chat again. To find out more about the Imperfectly Perfect campaign and how you can get involved, simply head to our official website at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org or email us today at info at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org to speak to one of the team. The Imperfectly Perfect campaign is creating awareness and is not a substitute for professional advice. Should you need help, please refer to your nearest crisis number 